So for weeks after weeks now, a woman approached her pastor every service, after every service, to tell him, I'm scared. She went on, my husband says he's going to kill me if I continue to come to your church. And the pastor, a little tired of hearing this over and over, he gives her the same response. Yes, yes, my child, I will continue to pray for you. But have faith, the Lord is watching over you. To which the woman replied, yes, pastor, he's kept me safe this far. Only, only what, my child, the pastor interrupts. Well, she said, my husband now says that if I keep coming to your church, he's going to kill you. Oh, says the pastor, well, perhaps it's time you check out the other church on the other side of the town. What kind of prayers are you praying? And what faith do you have when you pray them? See, you may have faith for someone else, but what about when it comes down to you? See, the pastor wasn't going to take any chances. And I want to suggest that sometimes neither do we. Sure, we may pray to God, but then do we leave it with God? Do we really believe that God will come through for us? See, how long is it before we get involved and try to give God a, a helping hand? If you're able to, I want to suggest that the prayers you're praying aren't big enough to warrant his help in the first place. You see, our prayers should be daring to believe God for the impossible. And if they're not, then we could be sleeping through some of the best parts of our Christian life. Stephen Furtecker, a pastor and author from America, who's wrote a book on what I'm going to speak about, a great book, Sun Stand Still. I'd recommend you get it. He says this, if the size of your vision for your life isn't intimidating to you, there's a good chance it's insulting to God. And this morning, I want to talk about praying audacious prayers. That's praying prayers that don't require our helping hand. Pray in prayers that are full of expectation. And I want to preach you up this morning because the world out there is great at knocking you and keeping you down. And unfortunately, this attitude creeps into our mindset when it comes to God and our own prayer life. See, we play it safe, never really pushing prayers too far. And sure, deep down, sometimes it's way deep down that we believe God for the answer. But then we also get trapped in thinking, what if he doesn't? See, we may not pray the big prayers because we struggle with belief for the small prayers. See, we put our own limits on what we think God can and can't do. We can make our own mind up for him. And I want to help you and remind you this morning that nothing is impossible for God. I thought I'd get a better response than that. So I'll say it again to lift your expectation. Nothing is impossible for God. That's what I wanted to hear in the back. Fantastic. Matthew 19 and verse 26 says this, but with God, all things, everyone say all. All things are possible. And I want you to know this morning that God wants you to be audacious in your prayer life. Audacious, it means extremely bold, 
And there's a, a verse about that in the Bible. We'll come to it a little bit later. Extremely bold or daring. You see, we can dare to believe God for the impossible. He wants us to do that. And as Christians, we may struggle with the word audacious or having the audacity to ask God for such things. But this morning, we're concluding on our, we're, we're, we're continuing and concluding our series on Joshua, where we'll see he does both. He has the audacity to ask, and he prays an incredible, audacious prayer. And I think as Christians, if we got better in our audacity to ask, we'd see more of God's ability to answer. Audacity, my dictionary says, makes regular people, people behave with boldness or daring, especially with confident disregard for personal comfort or conventional thought. And if you think about that, confident disregard or personal comfort, that's the very essence and heart of the gospel, isn't it? See, Jesus doesn't call us to a comfortable life. He calls us to a new way of life, laying our life down just like he did and trusting him to live in us and then through us. Galatians 2 and verse 20 says just that, and it's Paul the apostle who's speaking. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And before we look at the audacious prayer that Joshua prayed, and that's in Joshua 10, if you have your Bibles and you want to go there. I want to first show you what Jesus says about audacity and how it pays off. And some of you may know that story well. It's in Luke chapter 11. And it's just after Jesus has taught his disciples how to pray. You don't have to turn there. The words will come up on the screen. Luke 11 and from verse 5, it says this. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus is teaching the disciples here about asking, about praying, about having the audacity to ask in the first place and the boldness not to give up. Having shameless audacity will surely pay off, he says. And then he goes on to encourage them further. Verse 9, you probably know this really well. So I say to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. When we have the audacity to ask, we can trust in God's ability to answer. See, Joshua prayed an audacious prayer. He had the audacity in asking for something so extraordinary that the Bible says it's never been repeated again. There has never been a day like it before or since the Bible puts it. But before uh, Joshua was audacious, he was first a bit of a muppet. 
We've already looked at in the series how Joshua was chosen to succeed Moses and to do what Moses never did, which was to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Then we looked at how how just because you're in the promised land, it doesn't mean you won't have battles. And the battle he first faced was the city of Jericho. Uh, Sorry. And God was with him in that battle. And and we all know that story well. And Andy um, did a great job of that just uh, a couple of weeks. Then last week, Jane also did a a great job of taking us through uh, another battle. One which Joshua first lost because he did it in his own strength. You see, he thought it was an easy battle, but we learned that by leaving God out of it, he, he lost. The lesson here is just because we can do something in our own strength, it doesn't mean we should. See, we should always consult God. Consult God concerning anything and include him in everything. And when Joshua did do that, God showed him why he lost the battle and then what he had to do to put it right. And then when Joshua did put things right and he he dealt with Achan, God then said to Joshua, now go and fight the battle because the victory is already yours. I have delivered them into your hands. And Jane said, so much more than that and so much better than me. And you can listen to the podcast uh, on our website. The other talks are on there too. I'd really recommend that if you've missed any. And what I know, and what I want you to know before as, as we move on, that it's as Christians, battles are inevitable, but the war has already been won. And because of Jesus, we have an assurance that we can live life to the full. Don't let the battles rob you uh, of that. You know, battles can change you, but battles can't define you. Battles may weigh you down, but you need to know and hold on to the fact that you're never out. Yes, we may have to battle on and battle through, but the ultimate victory has been won. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that, which will then give us the strength to carry on. See, Jesus spilt his blood for you so that you can spill your heart out to him. I wish that was mine, but it isn't great language. You see, Jesus knows the battles you're in and he's with you in them. That's a a promise from him directly to you. Don't let a battle defeat you and hold you back from everything that God has for you. Don't let it rob you from praying audacious prayers too. Don't be limited by what you see in front of you. Trust and pray to the one who sees what's ahead of you. And Ezekiel is a great example of this. See, what he saw in front of him was a a valley of dry bones, of dead bones. But God told him to speak life to them. God saw what was ahead of him and not just what was in front of him. And then he told him to speak to the problem. And often when we pray to God, we just give him her dry bones. We just tell him of, of what's in front of us. When actually God wants to show us what's ahead of us and then get us to speak life to our situation. And how many of you know that God wants to give you a vision for your life that exceeds what you're currently seeing? Do you know that? 
Ephesians 3.20 says just that. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Imagination is linked to vision. So this is not just about what we think we'll see in our life. It's so much better than that. This is about more than we can even imagine to see in our life, what God has for you. And then when it comes to praying, audacious prayers, there's really no limits on them. Immeasurably, by definition, is that something is incapable of being measured. And it says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask. And if that isn't permission to pray audacious prayers, then I don't know what is. So back to Joshua. And you'd have thought by now he would have finally been getting things right, especially after last week and and Akon, after, you know, all he's been through. But then in the very next chapter, chapter 9, after where Jane left it, Joshua has his Muppet moment. You see, everyone in Canaan is hearing what God, what the God of Israel is doing for his people, and they're scared. See, one of these groups of people are the Gibeonites, who are close to the Israelites in proximity. They're about uh, a day's travel away. And they decide to trick Joshua because they're scared of being the next ones attacked. So what they do is trick Joshua into making a treaty with them. And they do this by pretending to be a distant city and to say that they want to serve him. Joshua goes ahead and he makes the treaty. And that is his Muppet moment. Because he first should have realized what he'd done last time, but then he should have consulted the priests who then would have prayed to God. See, he leaves God out of the plan again. And you all know what happens when that happens. It often goes pear-shaped. And it's three days later, the Bible tells us, when, when Joshua realizes he'd been tricked and he finds out the Gibeonites are his neighbors, But because he's already made a treaty and given his word, there's nothing he can do about it. And what happens then is the other neighboring cities hear about this peace treaty and they're not happy. They think the Gibeonites have have copped out. And these neighboring cities decide to attack Gibeon. Five kings and their armies join forces to attack and destroy Gibeon. The Gibeonites, aware of this treaty with Joshua, get a message to him. And if it was a text message, it would read, help, scary face, scary face, scary face. (laughs) And this is where we're going to pick the story up. Joshua 10, verses 5 to 14. The words should come up on the screen. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up to Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. And I want to pause there just for a moment because there's something we can learn from that verse uh, of Scripture. Verse 7, Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, 
including all his best fighting men. See, Joshua may have been a muppet. He may have made a mistake. He may have been tricked into making a treaty. But once he'd given his word, he stuck to his word. He was committed to his word. And this is huge for us as Christians today. See, if we're going to say we're going to do something, then we should do it. If we've promised to commit to something, then we should see it through. See, in the world, we see so many broken promises where people can't be trusted and people not committing to things everywhere in our society today. Let's be different. We're called to be different, even if it's going to cost us like it did with Joshua. We should see it through, knowing that God will be faithful. Verse 8 says, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And this is where we see God's faithfulness firsthand. Even though Joshua made the mistake in the first place, God was with him to help him put it right. How many of you guys are are thankful of that just right there? When you've made a, a mistake, God is with you to help you put it right. Verse nine, after an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them all along the road, going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Machedah. As they fled before Israel on the road, down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. That's amazing. Verse 12, on the, day of the Lord, the, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, his audacious prayer, sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jessar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. See, even before Joshua prayed his audacious prayer, God was with him, battling on his behalf. We can take confidence in that too, that God is always battling on our behalf. And it says the Lord hurled large hailstones on them. And I'm not going to lie. I'd love to witness God do that to my enemies. And I imagine God standing there, literally himself, hurling these large hailstones down and taking people out. Who's seen the movie Elf and the snowball fight? Yeah, that's what I picture, a little glimpse, a little window into my mind there. Moving on. (laughs) Joshua is winning the battle with God's help. There's more that have been killed, it says, by the hailstones than by the swords of the Israelites. But now it's here that the, the enemy is retreating and it's getting dark. And it's here that Joshua knows that if the enemy gets away, that they'll have a chance to regroup. And then he'll have another battle on his hands. 
So to prevent that, he prays an audacious prayer. He may have failed to pray about the Gibeonites in the first place, but he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Sun stands still over Gibeon, he says, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Not a very long prayer. 13 words to be precise, but it was a powerful and unprecedented one. We then read that the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. God pressed the pause button on the solar system long enough for Joshua to accomplish what he'd asked for. What's significant about this story is that some uh, of the gods the Canaan people worshipped were the god of the sun, the god of the moon. See, they believed in a, a weather god. But what we see here is that the only true and living God destroyed them with the very thing that they had the wrong belief in. It showed them that the God of Israel is higher than any other God. And what's also significant is what's said in verse 14. God took orders from a human voice. He chose to listen and then to respond to Joshua's audacious prayer, which should give us the encouragement that God can do the same for us too. Where in your life do you need to see the sun stand still? If you could pray one audacious prayer, what would it be? What is it that you need that only God can fulfill? Is it a health situation where God, where it's only God that can intervene? Is it a financial situation, a family situation, a marriage situation, a a job situation, whatever the situation, you need to know that you have a God who can make the sun stand still. And the same God who did it for Joshua can do it for you. You need to know that he can make the impossible possible if you have the audacity to ask. And there's some of you here that may struggle to ask because of the disappointment of your past. And I really felt as I was preparing this that God is going to do something new. I had the sense that some of you have given up asking because of the battles of your past. They've been tough. You've got scars from them. Your faith is dented because of them. But then God gave me this picture and saying, a dented car will still get you to your destination. And then it's time to get back in your car, to trust God again. And this time, let God have the steering wheel and let him get you to where you need to go. There'll be less dense in the future that way. And I weighed this up and, and questioned. It seemed a little strange whether I should share it or, or whether it was just for me. But then when, later that morning, whilst driving to the gym and parking my car, I dented it. Uh, I think it was God speaking. No, it's not a big dent, but it's a a dent nevertheless. And when I eventually calmed down, when my frustration left and I, I got back in the car, I literally knew for myself that a dented car will still get you to your destination. You see, your faith may be dented in God, but he's still waiting 
and wanting you to get to the destination that he has for you. He wants you to believe again, to have faith and to trust again, then to pray audacious prayers. Because prayer is the arena where, you're, where our faith meets God's abilities. And I believe he wants to remind us of that again this morning. And also that there is never going to be a moment when the audacity of our faith surpasses God's capability to respond. And I'll show you that where Jesus makes this point to. It's in Matthew 17 and, and verse 20 when he says to his disciples with some irony, I think, that if they had faith as small as a mustard seed, that they could say to a mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. He then tells them nothing is impossible for them. He's letting them know that there will never be a moment when the audacity of their faith surpasses God's capability to respond. And there are a few things that we can learn from Joshua as he prayed his audacious prayer. And they are that if you have the audacity to ask, then you have to have the willingness to act. You see, before Joshua prays his audacious prayer, he marched all night. You see, he was willing to get involved. He didn't sit back from the comfort of his camp and pray, God, smite them. He first did what was possible, and then he asked God to do the impossible. And sometimes we want God for us to do both, don't we? Without even moving a muscle. And then if we're honest with ourselves, without actually particularly praying that hard about it either. And this may be just me that thinks this, but I don't think that God will do something for you that you can do for yourself. See, the impossible is his business, but the possible is ours. And Joshua knew this, and we must too. See, we can also learn from Joshua how to pray, because Joshua knew how to pray. He knew what to pray, and he knew when to pray. And this may help us too, if we want to pray those sun standstill prayers. And before we look at how to pray, let's look at how not to pray because we should be praying prayers worthy of the God we're praying to. So we don't pray. We don't pray pretty please prayers. There's a lot of P's there. Pretty please prayers. You know, they're great for children. And they think by saying pretty please, you may have had that when they're asking for chocolate or something, the cute face, pretty please. They may say them and, 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 and they think that God will somehow listen to them and, and answer them more. You know, Kara says it all the time, and it's sweet, but God's not after sweet. He's after boldness. The Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne, and that we can ask confidently for the things that we need from our Heavenly Father. We don't pray polite prayers, and this may be a, a British thing. We're, we're very polite, aren't we? But being polite for me shows a, a lack of relationship you see, we're polite to a neighbor, to a, a stranger or someone we're unfamiliar with. And we always give the polite answer, don't we, to those people when they ask that question. You know, how are you today? We give the polite answer and not the real answer. And we can be so polite in our prayers to God that we're not actually real with God. Our prayers have to go beyond being polite with God they have to be real. 
God's not after our politeness. He wants our authenticity. And then we don't pray pleading prayers. You know, repeating the same thing over and over and over again isn't going to get God's ear more. And our pleading prayers could actually show the lack of the believing prayer. See, we don't have to beg. We have to believe. James 5 and verse 15 says, A prayer said in faith will make the sick person well. We don't beg for healing. We believe for healing. Now now let's look at what we uh, do pray. We do pray push prayers. And what I mean by that is that we don't pray lazy prayers. Joshua didn't pray from the comfort of his camp and do nothing. He didn't pray for the sun to stand still and then sit back. Joshua first marched all night. He didn't pray for his miracle and then not move. You know, sometimes if we don't move, God doesn't move either. That's just how faith works. You see, faith always requires a stepping out on our part. We have to push and then pray. Then particularly when things get scary and it seems like everything and and everyone's against you, you especially have to push and pray. You push into God and you push on through God. We do pray partnering prayers. We have to do the possible and let God do the impossible. You see, it's no good praying to God for the salvation of your neighbours and then you never sharing your faith with them. It's no good praying for your finances and never sticking or having a budget. It's no good attempting to do things in your own strength when you know it requires God's strength. Partnership is important. God always wants to partner with us. He chooses to use us even though he doesn't really need us. God first looks to what we can do and then he does the miraculous that we can't do. See, we do pray powerful prayers. And this is why I think this story of Joshua is so important. It shows us a a bold way to address God that we can emulate. It shows us that powerful prayers don't have to be long prayers, but they do have to be confident prayers. You know, the most powerful prayers I've ever prayed have also been my shortest ones. (laughs) God help me. It was one I said 11 years ago, (laughs) and it's totally changed and transformed my life. The other one was uh, a few years ago when I was part of the ministry team and and prayer team at a a Reinhard Bonnke event. And as he finished preaching, he called everyone down that was sick and and wanting prayer to come forward. And then as as loads come down, he said to the prayer team, now go out and pray. And I'm really young as a a Christian now, and I I go out and pray. And I, I approach this guy who's standing there by himself. And I come to his right hand side and he turns to me and I'm thinking, God, let it be small. Let it be a cold. Let it be a migraine or some, God, just something small. And then as I put his hand on his shoulder and I said, what can I pray for you for? He turns to me and says, I'm deaf in my right ear. I'm like, oh my goodness, can ask for, for anything bigger. But in that moment, I knew it wasn't me who could do anything. It was only reliant on God. I didn't think I'd ever see him again. I prayed a, a bold prayer. I prayed an audacious prayer. 
I won't tell you whether I expected to believe it, but this is what I prayed. I prayed, deaf ear, be opened in the name of Jesus. That's it. And then I whispered, can you hear me? And he said, yes. And to my amazement, I screamed in his ear, you can hear me? And they probably deafened him again. <laughs> but like he could hear me, it was incredible. And in that moment, God showed me something. Then actually, Reinhard Bonnke, you know, the, the man of God, so to speak, he was walking past and this guy was next to be prayed for by him. But this guy turned and he went back to his chair because he'd received uh, his healing. A prayer of faith makes the sick person well. It's belief. The other, uh, it shows, it, the, 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 the other thing it shows us is that we're, if, if we're crazy enough to pray it, God's powerful enough to answer it. <laughs> it shows us that we can aim higher and expect greater. It shows us that we can have a real experience of triumph over our battles and that we can have an attacking faith rather than a, a timid one. It shows us ultimately that God is in control, that he is almighty, he is all-powerful, and that we can fully enter into the victory that he has for us. And as the bands come back this morning, it's my prayer that I've encouraged you, even if it's just a little bit this morning, to pray audacious prayers and to have audacious faith. I pray that you will aim higher and expect greater. I pray that you will have your own sun stand still moment. I pray that where you're believing God for the impossible, you'd see it become possible. And I pray for all those in a battle right now, that you'd know God is with you and fighting on your behalf. And then for those that have had their faith dented, I pray that you know God is waiting and wanting to take you to the destination he has for you. Simply asking this morning, will you get back in the car? Some of you need to know that your past as well doesn't determine your future. You're not a failure as a result of, you, of it. And some of you need to know that you're not a weak Christian. Some of you feel like that and you've carried that lie around with you for long enough. It's time to let it go. And there's some of you that might be bruised. You're bruised. You've had your faith dented. The battle's been hard. You've got some scars. You're bruised. But I really felt God saying, you know that bruise is no longer there. It's healed. It's gone. And the pain associated with it has gone to and right now he's speaking life into your dry bones if you need a sun stand still prayer this morning if you need the intervention of God in your life then I want you to have the audacity to ask so right now this is your moment it's between you and God let's close our eyes let's pray crazy enough to pray it. God is powerful enough to answer it. He said that we can come boldly and confidently 
before the throne and, and ask for what we need. He's waiting to hear your audacious prayer. So what miracle do you need from God this morning? Where do you need the sun to stand still over your life? Is it for a, a health situation? You know, you've been battling illness for so long. It's wearing you down. It's wearing you out. This same thing is going round and round. Maybe recently you've been diagnosed with something and it's hit you like a train. It's come out, the, out of the blue. I want you to have the shameless audacity, as Jesus put it, to pray a, a sun standstill prayer. Ask for the miracle you want to see. Then it may be a, a relationship breakdown, a, a marriage breakdown, a family breakdown this morning. You know, at one time you were very close, close, but now it, it seems anything but that. Pray audaciously for the sun to stand still. Ask for the restoration that you want to see. Then if you're struggling financially or with your job at the moment, ask God to intervene. Pray a, a sun standstill prayer. If you're crazy enough to pray it, God is powerful enough to answer it. Whatever you need this morning, I want to encourage you to go boldly before the throne and ask God confidently for what you need. You know, if you've prayed or are praying a sun standstill prayer this morning, I want you to stand. I want you to stand to show God that you've been audacious. Thanks. That actually you've had the audacity to ask. This is your moment. And it may be that you want a, a new vision for your life. It may be that you've written yourself off, but God has still got so much in store for you. You know, Caleb is part of the Joshua story too. And he had the audacity to ask again. No one was writing him off. Don't do that to yourself either. Pray, son, stand still. And for all those standing, sorry, for all those sitting, maybe just open your eyes. Stand next to someone standing. Put a hand on them. Stand with them and believe for them in their audacious prayer. Find someone close. Put your hand on them. Stand with them. Father God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you've spoken, us, spoken to us this morning. Father, I want to thank you that you're continuing to speak to us. Father, that you're stirring something new inside of us. Father, that you're giving people a, a new vision. Father, that you're giving people a, a new hope. Father, that you're restoring people to where they need to be. That you're taking people where they need to be. Father, for all those that have had their faith dented. Father, I pray that they'll get back in the car. Father, that they'll 
go with you, that they'll trust you and that they'll have the faith to carry on. Father, this is their son standstill moment. Father, they've been crazy enough to pray it. Help them to see your ability to answer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Then for the rest of us, we're, we're all going to stand and we're going to finish with a, a song of declaration that our God is greater, that our God is stronger, that our God is higher than any other God, that He is the one who can make the sun stand still. Amen. <laughs>